Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is all about building yourself an amazing team of practitioners to help you to hit your goals. How amazing would that be, right? So many people that I talk to are really at their wits end, trying to quarterback their own care, trying to cobble together the right combination of practitioners with the right skill sets that can help them to solve their problems and help them to optimize their health. Well, my guest today is all about helping you to do exactly that. His name is Andrew Wax, and he is the Director of Clinical Care with Live Health. He's an integrative health specialist himself, and he carries degrees in integrative physiology, biochemistry, psychology, and neuroscience. And if that wasn't enough, he's also certified in peptide therapies and has completed advanced fellowship coursework through the International Peptide Society and the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, which I think it would have been easier for me to say A4M. In any event, Andrew Axe and I talk about all the different issues that he's seen or many of the different issues he's seen. We talk about one very interesting job he had being medical scribe for a doctor whose name you will most definitely recognize if you've been a listener of this podcast for any period of time. We go through some really interesting case studies that I think you will all find really interesting. So Live Health is a really cool organization. They've put together a product that basically allows you to deal with a team of professionals who have specialties in the areas where you need them. And that team can include a peptide specialist, it can include a nutritionist, it can include a health coach, and it can also include a functional medicine doctor, depending on the plan that you pick. So there's two different levels of plans. I'm not going to tell you what they are right now. You'll find out about them in the podcast. If you can't wait for the podcast, then you want to go to livehealth.com. And if you decide, book a call with them just to find out what they do and if it's a right fit for you. But if you decide to sign up with them, you can use discount code NIDAM, N-I-D-D-A-M like mother at the end and like November at the beginning. It's my last name, NIDAM, and you will get one free month of whatever program it is that you sign up for. So enjoy the episode. Enjoy meeting Andrew. Great, great guest and really knowledgeable guy. And I hope that this can help a few of you guys find what it is that you're seeking out there in the health space. I think these guys are really onto something. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. As you know, if you get value from this podcast, or if you know someone else who might benefit from this information, then please do share it out with your friends, your networks, whoever else. And if you really love the episode, then definitely leave us a review because that is how we climb up those rankings and get to reach more people. So thanks again and enjoy the episode. Hey folks, just a little bit of housekeeping before we launch into the episode. Please uh, remember that all of the information provided in these podcasts is for information purposes only. We are never offering treatments, cures, whatever for any kind of disease or medical condition. Anything you hear about here is going to be intriguing. There's some research around it, but make sure that you check with your medical provider before you go off and do any of this stuff for yourself. All right. Enjoy the episode and also 
If you're looking to connect with me for any reason, with your comments, questions, whatever it may be, you can reach me through my website, which is natnidham.com, or you can find me on Facebook in the Optimizing Superhuman Performance Group, or on MeWe in the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Group. And of course, you can also follow me on Instagram, which is at Natalie Nidham. Natalie is with an H between the T and the a, the second A. So thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show, Andrew. It is such a pleasure to finally get this going on. <laughs> Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure. I'm really excited about this episode. I mean, you know, pe- people are probably so sick of me saying that. I'm always excited about all my episodes, but you know, sometimes you get one and you're like, okay, this is going to be good because I think what why I'm so excited about it here is what we're going to talk about today is really opening a door to people in terms of upgrading their health that has not necessarily been available to a lot of people. And I think that's exciting. I think anything we can do to make health optimization accessible to more people. Absolutely. Let's get into it. I'm, it, I'm, I'm psyched. All right, let's rock and roll. So let's talk about Andrew first. We always start with the guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your likes, your dislikes and such, and uh, what brought you to do what you do today. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm the director of clinical care for Live Health. Uh, what that means is I oversee all of our clinical operations. I train our staff. I, I um, vet our doctors and figure out who we want to work with specifically there. But um, I have a background in biochemistry, human physiology, psychology, and neuroscience. I thought for a long time I wanted to go to medical school. And I found myself in a precision medicine path uh, in, in as, as an alternative route. And it was a great opportunity for me. And it's been a, a great experience. I'm certified in peptide therapies through the International Peptide Society. I've completed advanced fellowship coursework and training in functional medicine and bioidentical hormone replacement through the American Academy for Anti-Aging and Regenerative Medicine. And I'm just a nerd. I am I'm, I'm as, as nerdy as you can get. Um, I'm really passionate about epigenetics and human performance, anti-aging, um, general functional medicine. And, uh, I like trying everything on myself. So as, as much as I don't like the term biohacking, I, I guess I would have to consider myself a, a biohacker. Um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's me. And, uh, what, what I specifically do is I work with a small subset of patients in live health, but, um, what we do is, is we operate as health concierges, right? So we're your personal nerd pers- personal biochemistry nerd that you can message anytime you want, but that's, that's me. That's what I do. That's amazing. Um, And, you know, I think we're all going to have to come to peace with the term biohacking because I have a love-hate relationship with the term as well. But ultimately, I think maybe what we need to do is reframe it. And and the biohacker of today is the person who wants to have a much more active role in their wellness and their performance. And so they're willing to explore many different avenues than your conventional person on the street who you know, is still interested in being healthy, but is not necessarily as interested in, in challenging conventional norms to get there. So I think we have to come to peace with biohacking and just, I I guess, and wrap our arms around it. I have to, because it's in the name of my podcast, even though I think I need to shorten the name of my podcast because there's too many letters, (laughs) but that'll be, maybe I'll just do an episode on the name of the podcast and take votes on what it should be next. Um, Anyway, let's get back to you and to your, and, and to live health. But I think before we talk about live health and what it does, let's talk a little bit about why why? Why are you doing this? Like what drove you to, to do what you do now? So, um, 
I used to, so I, I, I've worked with Dr. Elizabeth Yurth for a very long time. Um, she's been on the podcast several times here with you. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she taught me pretty much everything I know. She's brilliant. But uh, the, the truth is that I started out as her medical scribe in her orthopedic practice. And over time she was like, Hey, you're, you, you kind of, you get biochemistry, don't you? It was like, Oh yeah, no, I, I, I do. And she introduced me to A4M as sort of an anti-aging route. And also we found peptides there uh, six, mm-hmm. seven years ago. And, uh, so from there, she and I worked to establish her, her, um, her peptide program at Boulder Longevity Institute, which if anybody wants to check it out, it's a remarkable program. All that said, I, I thought after working there for a while and, and establishing her peptide program, I was like, you know what? I really want to go back to school. Um, and turns out it was not the route that was best for me. Uh, the, the founders of live health got in touch with me when they found out I was leaving Boulder longevity and said, Hey, why don't you just come give this a shot? And, uh, so ultimately what we are striving for is to improve access and affordability for in, in the world of precision medicine, in the world of functional medicine and integrative health, cellular medicine. So we've developed a model in which you can effectively get access to a, a team of people that can be your point people, be mm-hmm. your personal performance team really is what it is. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that, that's the gist of it. I do it because I love the science, right? A lot of yeah. people are like, Oh, I'm helping people. And I, I like helping people, but selfishly it's because I really like the, <laughs> the, the science behind it. I'm a total nerd. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, 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 we've come a long way, right. From being a nerd, being a negative or a geek, being a negative, all of a sudden it's this giant badge of honor. Like we want to be nerds and geeks because we wanted to be the people who just dig indiscriminately into all this stuff so that we can solve problems. So the precision medicine model, and I, and I think, you know, one of the things that's really intriguing to me about your business and the business model is it's moving in the direction of starting to democratize access to this type of medicine for more people. I mean, it's still not, it's not going to be covered by insurance. It's still out of pocket. It's still requiring some investment from people, but it's a far cry from, I'll bet you even a year or two or three years ago before this was available to people where number one, only a very select few physicians who ended up having to charge very high prices just to manage the flow, never mind anything else, could give them access to this. But also the other thing that you said that I think is really interesting is the team approach. And, you know, in this world of precision medicine, I think we're back in the world of it takes a village. Like there's no one person necessarily who holds all the information, who has all the answers in isolation and can accompany and support a patient through this journey of optimization, because it's so individual and there's so many twists and turns that you have to be available to them. Uh, absolutely. And then there's, there, there's such a degree of disconnect, right? So, and, and, you know, we, as we were chatting before we even started here, there was the example that you provided of, you know, these people that are working with functional medicine clinics, and then they are turning to your Facebook group to ask questions about, Hey, what's best practice here. And it's like, shouldn't you be able to reach out to your team, like a, a team of people to actually help you with that? And, and to your point and, and what you had said earlier was, you know, it, it, it's tough, right? Because you don't have everyone's medical information right in front of you. So mm-hmm. why not, you know, it, solve for that. Now, certainly your podcast serves a purpose and I don't think that people should stop reaching out there, <laughs> but certainly there, there is a, a, there comes a point where it's like, shouldn't 
I mean, who should you really be asking this question to, you know, and, and if if there's not a high level of trust in your practitioner, if, if this is where you're turning right now. So, and I think that that's one piece of it, where if you have a team of people where you can centralize your care, then mm-hmm. you know you'll get a response in a timely manner and you'll know that you, you can trust the response that you get. And that's, that's a game changer. Absolutely. And you have a hub of information. Like the thing is like people can quarterback and they do, some people are able to do this, but very few, it's kind of like, there's a few people on this earth who can general contract their own renovation at home, but for the most part, you have to hire a general contractor <laughs> or right. you'll lose your right. mind. Right? right. And so I think this is the same principle in that, you have a quarterback, you have someone, and I think that's the health concierge role in your organization. And that is that person who is, they're your point person. They're the person you're going to talk to the most probably, but they're also the person who's going to be able to reach out to other people to connect you. You know, I mean, I try to do that for people, but I don't have, I don't have that, that system in place. I don't have that, that formal structure that you guys have where you have access to different physicians, you have access to different, and maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Like what are the, when you talk about a team, so we know there's the health concierge and what is their role and what do they do? And then what lies between them and these doctors that you have on the other side? Because again, like I think what you're kind of doing and the way you're making it more affordable is you're saving the doctor for the things that you actually need the MD for, but you've got a whole other slew of maybe people or services in between when you don't need the doctor, you need a different type of support in the day to day. So generally in in your personal performance team, if you will, is you, you've got a patient support coordinator who is everything administrative. You've got your health concierge and you have your doctor. Now, all that said, we have different concierges that do all sorts of different things. So mm. your concierge may be somebody who's a functional holistic nutritionist and, you know, IFM certified health coach, but then another concierge is a, an appear on certified genetics coach. So exactly what you do. Um, there, there, there may be somebody who's someone like me, a total just biochemistry nerd and nerd out on hormones and peptides. Uh, there may be somebody who's specializes in gut health, right? So we can bump you to and from all of these different people on our team that really specialize in these different concepts. And then ultimately we can also use our network of doctors to consult back and forth as necessary. However, your doctor is the person that's we assign you to that's licensed in that state. But the fact of the matter is most of our doctors, you know, at least in, in the U S right now, and we're working on we're working on Live Canada. We're working on international access, and we can provide some care internationally, not our full oh, nice. program, unfortunately. But right now, nationally in the U.S., uh, your doctor is whosoever is, is licensed in a given state, right? And then uh, we have multiple doctors per state. We typically pair the patient with the doctor that makes the most sense. However, that's your doctor. And if we need to consult with a different physician, certainly we can do that for you. And we advocate on the patient's behalf in a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. So. And, and the other piece of what we do is really teach people how to advocate for themselves. Right. Nice. And, and that, 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 that's another big point in this where, you know, the, the patient isn't really it. Most, most physician relationships are really much more of a dictatorship and says, this is what, <laughs> right. This, this is what yeah. I'm offering. This is what you're going to do. But truthfully, it comes down to the patient needs to be just as much of a part of the team as the health concierge is, as the, as the doctor is. And in that way, you, you really are able to deliver a, a much better experience to the patient. Yeah. Well, and I think that this is, we can go back, we can circle back to the term biohacking where you have people who are much more invested in this process. And 
it's a population of people who've recognized that if they don't, if they don't roll up their sleeves and get into it as deeply as anybody else who's involved in their care, they're not going to get the results. And, you know, I, you know, it's, it's, it's probably always been this way, except it's never been, been articulated in this way. The people, you know, the patient who gets the best results is the patient who doesn't just take the pill, but maybe says, oh, well, maybe I should stop drinking a bottle of wine every night, or maybe I need to stop eating this, or maybe I should go to bed before three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> right. one, one, one thing I ask most of our patients when they come on, and I, you know, I've said this many times before, and I, I, I always ask them and I say, are you the type of person that wants to know what time it is? Or do you want to know how the watch works? Mm-hmm. And I do get a okay, Most people say, I want to know how the watch works, but occasionally I get the person that says, just tell me what time it is. And then I quickly say, I'll tell you what time it is right now, but you need to become the person that wants to know how the watch works. And we'll, we'll help get you there. Right. We right. will help you become that person. But if you want to see results here, you really want to see results you need to understand how this watch works. You, you, you need to understand the inner workings of what we're targeting and what's going on. And that's what we'll do. We'll teach you that. Yeah. Um, but, but it's not, that, that's a conversation I have to have with a lot of people, but it, that's, that's always important to know starting out because if somebody comes in and they say, just tell me what to do. I don't really care you know, what I have to do. Just tell me what to do. I just want results. But then inevitably they don't stick to it. They have a low level of compliance. They're still going to bed at 3 a.m. and drinking a bottle of wine every night. And they're, they know it's like, well, I've got my vitamin D and I've got my B12. Uh, but I don't take them because I don't really know what they do. And yeah. it's, it's, it, and, and, you know, that's a basic example. You know, you could get much more complex in terms of what the protocols are that we're doing, but that's the gist of it. Yeah. And I think you do. I mean, occasionally you come across the person that says, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And they are, they can be the dream client because, or patient, because you literally tell this person what to do. You tell them to stand on their head and spit nickels for five minutes before bed every night. And they will literally do it. They don't care. They don't care why or how it works. They're just like, literally just tell me what to do, what to eat. And I'm in those people are few and far between. (laughs) There's an exception to every rule. Yeah, 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 for sure. But, but to your point, being invested, right. Being invested in, in knowing and understanding also makes you a better patient because you're better able to, to contribute information to the puzzle because, and I think this is the piece that, that sometimes people don't, don't really grasp until they've been working with whether it's a health coach or someone like you guys. And that is how valuable the feedback is that they give back when they're being asked to do something to solve a problem, because Again, I also talk to a lot of people who they're like, you know, well, I was told to do this and, and it's not working. I'm like, well, have you told your doctor or your practitioner that it's not working? Well, no, it just like it didn't help. And I'm like, well, you need to understand this is a continuum. This is this is a process there. The, the beauty and the tragedy of of healthcare is that it's an art as much as it is a science and we may never get to the point where it's pure science, where there's a solution for every problem. It's going to be always a a process of peeling back the onion of understanding what is it that's contributing in your case to a situation. So, and to that point, so I have one woman who she's, she's so sweet and she does everything we say. And she's, she's the example of what, what you just said. Uh, She, she's the client who doesn't matter what you tell her to do. She'll do it. She doesn't really care about the inner workings of it but she'll stick to it. Mm-hmm. And she's not been doing well, right? She's been super fatigued. Her adrenals are completely drained. Um, and she has, has just not been doing well generally. And she, she wasn't doing well for about six weeks. 
And it's rare that we go that long without talking to one of her clients, but she, she was like, you know, and finally followed up with her. And she was like, you know, I just didn't want to bother you. Oh and God! So yeah, It's like, no, you're, you're supposed to bother me, right? I can't <laughs> help you unless you bother me. So That's you're what you're paying me for. <laughs> if, if you don't tell me what's going on, then we can't help you. We can't make it better, but that's what we do. So yeah. there, there is a degree of, it's like, well, I didn't want to bother you. I know you're busy. Yeah. I'm, I'm busy, but that's, this is what we do, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, you're not bothering anyone. So that, no. that's a piece of it. It's like, well, you know, it just didn't work, right? Well, we can go back to the drawing board. It's very rare that we've exhausted all options, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's always something else. There's always something else you can do. For sure, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about the type of person. So we know now their mindset, right? So typically you're perfect. You're, you're, if we had to make an avatar of your perfect patient, it's someone who's invested and interested, who wants to participate in their health and is interested in understanding a little bit more about what works for them and why and the whole nine yard. But let's talk a little bit about what it is that you do exactly. So the things that we see, you know, that I see in my group, for example, are well, I see everything, but, but, um, but, you know, what's your perfect client patient in terms of what they're looking for help with, right? Are we looking just for people who are looking to optimize, which I don't think is the right answer. Are we looking, you know, are there certain conditions that you guys specialize in? Do you specialize in hormone therapy? Like what's, what's your, what's your jam? That's uh, so it's, it's really, anyone, right? Anybody. So mm-hmm. one, one thing that's important to differentiate is we're not a primary care doctor and we actually require all of our patients to have a primary care doctor. Great. We can't work with a patient unless they have a primary care and get an annual physical. We have to see that. So we're not a primary care. Um, we're not going to be the people that are treating true sick model conditions, right? There, there are things that you should target in a sick care model, yep. right? But, and and we're, we're not really going to treat a condition, if you will. We'll, we'll offer supportive care. But all that said, we're the people who you say, Hey, I'm generally healthy. I go to my doctor and they look at my labs and they say, yeah, everything looks fine, but some things are out of range. Right. So that then you're wondering, well, everything's not fine. And then take it one step further and then consider the fact that those lab values are really just the, you know, the average American that you're looking at, at least in the United States. And then you wonder, well, have you walked around around Walmart recently and seen what the average American looks like? And now you're wondering, wait, so everything looks fine. So, so that's, that's one person, right. Who says, Hey, I go to my doctor and they say, look, everything looks fine. And we say, well, let's look at that through a different lens. Let's look and see, okay, what is, what is perfect? Let's, let's get to perfect, right. Cause there is a perfect value for labs. So Mm -hmm. let's, let's see how we can change and modulate that one metric. That's, so that's one person, another person that says, you know, I'm generally, I, I feel great, but I'm noticing that I'm slowing down. I'm noticing that I'm, I'm, my, my brain isn't functioning as right. I'm not sleeping as effectively. Um, I, I, I feel inflamed. You know, I, I don't know what it is. I've tried playing with my diet so many different ways and I don't know what in the world I'm doing with my diet. Or there's the stereotypical, um, I have no libido, men, men or women. I, I have yeah. no, you know, how do I get a libido back? And, it, you know, it, it, to your point, do you specialize in hormones? We're great at hormones. We're not a hormone clinic, right? We do a lot of hormones. I would not call us a hormone clinic. Um, but you can optimize people's home hormone. Oh, like can you, you can, you can get like, you can get women through, Oh yeah. Through that, that midlife storm, if you will. Of, <laughs> life storm. So well, it is, you know, talk to, talk to enough women. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, <laughs> right. Truthfully. So it, it's, it's really, um, it, it's whatever you need, right? So if somebody needs hormones and yeah, let's, let's, we're, we're great at hormones. So let's say, and I think one thing that's unique about hormones and women is that 
female bioidentical hormone replacement is still not as mainstream as it should be. And a lot of practitioners are scared of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that female hormone replacement is a, you know, wildly underserved population. Yeah. And the, the truth is that somebody needs to be able to say, yes, we, we can do this. And we, we can certainly do that. So we work with a lot of women who are, um, you know, I, I have, I have one example here that, that I uh, wrote down when you said, Hey, do you have any case studies? And yeah. there's one woman who has uh, severe endometriosis. Um, mm-hmm. And she's been working with her uh, gynecologist for years trying to get it under control. And what do they offer? Uh, oral birth control pills, right? Yeah. Um, that's, the Band-Aid, that's, the universal Band-Aid. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> what, 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 else, what else do they offer? Well, maybe um, uh, some antidepressants for when she's really feeling very PMS-y. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what? So uh, she, she came in, she started working with us, and she was put on a protocol including progesterone, both uh, intravaginal as well as topical, started on a very low dose of testosterone, um, used some dim to clear out some excess estrone that she had. She also started on KPV, BPC-157, times some beta-4 to improve overall inflammatory side of things, as well as improve angiogenesis. Because the fact of the matter is you need to understand endometriosis is an autoimmune condition, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You, you have to target it from that standpoint. And then also things like low-dose naltrexone, make sure her magnesium levels were perfect, and acetylcysteine so that she's detoxing effectively. And guess what? Completely resolution of the symptoms. She's fine. Ah. Everything's great. She feels so better. It, it, yeah. Within a matter of months. So didn't have to have the, uh, endometrial scrape, right. She didn't have to have the, 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 the aggressive surgery. She's not worried about, you know, loss of fertility because she had to undergo that surgery, but it could be as complex as endometriosis, or it could be, uh, you know, I'm going through the change. Yeah. I'm a woman. I'm going through the change. The other side of it is guys, you're over the age of 40, uh, or even younger. I, I work with guys who are in their mid twenties and they're just like, you know, I just don't feel right. My work life is suffering. I don't feel dialed in. Well, guess what? Te- everyone's talking about nootropics. Testosterone is the best nootropic that's ever existed. I don't, it's, 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 it's remarkable if there, if there is indication for testosterone and yeah. you're, you're, you're in the shits, then, oh my God, life-changing. It's not yeah, I, I do yeah. think though with testosterone and younger guys, do you ever worry that it's too, that people are too quick to go to testosterone? Because I mean, sometimes it's required for sure, but don't you find that you, and and I think that's where you guys bring value over a hormone clinic where a clinic that just only specializes in hormones. It's a little bit what you said earlier, you know, you bring, actually it might've been offline when we were talking about something else, but you bring your car to a mechanic, he's going to find a problem. But in that one, if you a radiator, I don't know, whatever, but with the hormone clinics, I find some, I wonder sometimes, I don't know that I find, but I wonder if they're a little too quick with the testosterone replacement for younger guys. And they don't look at the other reason, like, why is your testosterone low? Like, are you, is it a brain issue? Is it an LH FSH issue? Is it gonadal? Is it, are you sleeping? Are you exercising? are you eating anything that doesn't come out of a bag or a box? Like, like, right. you know, so, I, and, and you, you need somebody to work through that. Right. So certainly yeah. if you're going to a place like, uh, I mean, you, you go to a, a, a pop-up hormone clinic, mm-hmm. they're going to take hormones, right. They, they're they're going to be pretty quick to offer you hormones, but they're, they're, you know, there's a spectrum, right. Of most conservative to most aggressive and frank testosterone replacement being the most aggressive. Now, if you're going to start conservatively, then yeah, you should probably optimize for uh, stress. You should probably figure out your sleep. You should probably get on some magnesium. Uh, you could even try some Tonkat Ali. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, there are things you could try. You get your vitamin D levels up. Uh, make sure you've on, you're on some vitamin E. Have you tried, you know, how aggressive do you want to get? Have you tried icing your testicles, right? Yes. So just you know, th- things like that. Are, are you lifting heavy weights, right? Are you focusing on the secretion of myokines from large muscle groups? So ev- no, never skip leg day because <laughs> testosterone, right? So all everyone, all, all, <laughs> it's all about legs. You should be doing squats two or three times a week. Yeah, no, yeah. but uh, so certainly that's where to start. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're, you're okay. Where have we gotten you? But if you get a guy that comes in and he's like, you know, I played sports, I, I was a, a football player. I was rugby, whatever it is. I got hit in the head. I've had seven, eight yeah. concussions. And then all of a sudden you look at their labs and it's like their pituitary glands just all jacked up. So yep. in that case, it really doesn't matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Probably never get that guy to produce more testosterone. Unless of course you use something like HCG, which is wildly difficult to come by now uh, because Why? of all of the regulations that the FDA ruled it a biologic a uh, number of years ago and the pharmacies that are producing it are no longer able to do so. So now it's only really available as pregnal, which is the uh, commercial version of it. And so that, that would be a great option for this guy that we're talking about right now. That's been hit in the head a few times. Um, but, uh, unfortunately it's really only indicated for fertility purposes right now. And there's a national shortage of pregnal, uh, wow. the other side, of it, it's, it's crazy expensive. I want to say it's at 250, 300 bucks for a, uh, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, is it that expensive? No, but it, for what it is compared to what it could be, it's pretty expensive. So HCG is really hard to come by, but that, that'd be a great option for this guy. Um, but you could also go to other things like in clomiphene, right? Give it a mm-hmm. shot. So it works. Clomid and clomiphene. Just see what happens. You could use uh, gonadotropin, right? Another great yeah. option. You could use something like kispeptin. Kispeptin is is great, right, for short periods of time. Um, I, I found, and uh, sure Jean Francois would would tell me otherwise, but I've found that people get diminishing returns on it, um, and you really need to cycle it. Now that said, hard to say, but yeah, yeah. I think it, I mean I think you know to your point, there's there's a lot of unanswered questions there. I know that one thing he said to me that he, is that he got the best results with Kispeptin when he he did his little insulin pump experiment. Right, and right. Instead of bolusing it, he would he would have virtually infuse it over hours during the day. Right. Just tiny, um, tiny amounts over time. Tiny amounts. And if you read the studies, yeah. Boxes, you know, and that, that's exactly that's it. so they study on K10, right? Where they go through it, they skip what is it, kispeptin 10 and K44, I think is what they were looking at. Yeah. Something like that. But it was, that's uh, exactly what they did. It was an infusion over a short period of Yeah. I mean, that's, that's absolutely the way to do it. But how many people have an insulin pump? Well, or even are open to it. Right, right. Right. Exactly. Like, I mean, I have one because I'm, I'd love to repeat his GHK experiment. Ask me <laughs> if I've taken it out of the box and, 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 and let the rubber hit the road. Not yet. <laughs> you know? Do I really want to, you know, I mean, it's a big deal. Do I really want to walk around with like a pump on my belt and a needle in my belly all the time? Like I have no problems with needles in my belly. And there's the fact that, you know, there's still some questions and answers to be had. Anyway, I will eventually, as a matter of fact, I think my computer may be sitting on top of the box that the pump is in (laughs) as we speak right now. (laughs) Yeah. A little too much information, I guess. <laughs> I, I have a good buddy who's a diabetic and he's, he's at a pump since he, I mean, I've known him since we were in seventh grade and he's at a pump ever since that point. He had the first generation pump 
So I see him use it all the time. It doesn't seem that bad. Then all of a sudden you wonder, okay, I've got this thing. It's tagging around. You know, he, it's funny. You see him get up and walk somewhere. If he's just in sweatpants and he'll just have his pump trailing behind him on the ground. Like, <laughs> shouldn't you pick that up? What, what are you, what are you doing? He's like, Is that yeah, a bad thing? <laughs> he's like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, he's, he's got experience on his side. And, and he knows what he's doing. Okay. So endometriosis, hormones, what are some, you had a couple of really interesting case studies to you wanted to talk about. So I know the endometriosis one I think is fascinating because so often that diagnosis is an endpoint, right? It's you have endometriosis, you're kind of doomed to us opening you up, pulling, you know, the tissue out that doesn't belong, that's growing where it doesn't belong until one day we convince you to just remove a bunch of organs, which, you know, and sometimes that may be the answer for some people, but I'm a huge proponent of the philosophy that we're not born with any spare parts. And so whatever we can do to hang on to what we've got is probably better. Right. <laughs> it doesn't make us miserable. Right. So, and you know, again, we're really good at hormones. We are really good at hormones. It's not what we specialize in, but we're really good at hormones. So if somebody has a hormonal abnormality, absolutely, let's go there. So a lot of people in your group that there was one woman that posted something about how she was using testosterone on its mm -hmm. own, um, along with uh, a couple of peptides here and there, really trying to lose some weight. And that's a perfect example of somebody who really, you know, you got to run labs, right? You, you need to see yes. what's going on. You, you can't use something like testosterone blindly, especially if you're a woman, because yeah, anyone for that matter, but you could be back converting all that testosterone to estrogen and then Absolutely. be extremely dominant. And then that could even further promote uh, central adiposity. And then it doesn't matter what kind of a caloric deficit you're hitting, right? And the other side of it is you got to optimize for thyroid. You got to yeah. make sure your thyroid is dialed in. And then, yeah, th then from there, peptides, great. But, uh, you know, in, and you mentioned it earlier, how many peptides do you actually take? I, I take very few. You know, occasionally mm -hmm. I'll use CJC and Epimorlin. Um, Occasionally I use some BPC. Occasionally, you know, I really like thymus alpha one. But yeah. all that said, uh, it's, it's oftentimes it's not like the starting point. It's mm -hmm. not, it's not, it's not, Hey, wh where do you, where do you go? I honestly, you should start with your hormones. You should start in hormones, meaning you should start with sex hormones. You should start with thyroid. You should start with targeting insulin resistance and then see how you can go. If your CRP is elevated, then CJC and epimorlin is not going to be the answer, right? Likely yeah. you need to backtrack. So where do you start? How do you get started is, is, is one big piece to this. And that's, you know, you need to look at the basics. You For need sure. to track the basics. So it, it, you know, so many people are so excited about running really extensive labs right out the gate and they want to see their, um, maybe they want to see a full cytokine panel. They want to see interleukin one beta, want to see interleukin six, want to track all, all, you know, tumor necrosis factor alpha. I want to see all these inflammatory markers but the truth is you're probably going to see your C-reactive protein elevated. You're probably going to see your A1C is elevated. You're probably going to see that you have low vitamin D, low B12, probably have low magnesium. These are all things to target first because chances are you target those things and all of a sudden your, your cytokine issues dissipate and improve over time. So yeah. that's not the case, but that's important to get started. But those labs are good even just to give a baseline, right? It's, 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 a, it's, and I mean, to your point, it's a way of targeting the low hanging fruit before you start reaching for the top of the tree, which if you haven't addressed the low hanging fruit, there's, there's still going to be a problem. So I do think that, you know, running the labs and to your point, I think what's happening a lot in the group is you, you've got people throwing darts at a dartboard because they've been underserved for so long by 
their primary care physicians, right? That's the exact kind of mindset that I want as a client, truthfully, right? I want somebody that I'm willing to think out of the box. I'm willing to try new stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take the step and take this into my own hands and say, Hey, how can I improve? How can I, how can I repair? And then really become that, how does a watch work type person? Um, as, as opposed to just saying, Hey, you know, I'm tired, I'm fatigued. Okay. Well, what's your sleep hygiene, right? What's, you know, what, 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 what does your diet really look like? And I'm a firm believer that you can't just tell somebody, Hey, here's the best diet you, you need to look at genetics. Right. And I, you know, you, you, anybody that says keto's for you, or it's cause it's for everyone. Or, you know, they say Mediterranean diet. I, I think more than likely most people would respond well to a Mediterranean diet, but all that said, you got to see your genetics. So that that's one piece of it. How do you interpret your genetics? How do you do that the right way? Yeah. Yeah. And I actually just interviewed someone last week, last week, at the end of last week, who does a different type of test that looks at a whole other compound that is not, that doesn't really fly as high above the radar as other things. And that's the glycan age test. That's looking at glycans. Mm -hmm. Um, and they did a really interesting study where they took a lot of people. And I want to say it was maybe 2000 people and they separated them into groups. And this group got a Mediterranean diet. This group got a keto diet. This group group got a low carb diet. This group got a high glycemic diet. Another group, like they tested a whole bunch of different things. And I said, okay, so what is it? What's the best diet? Because I've never believed that there's a best diet either. I mean, I believe there's better diets than others, but there's not the one thing we can recommend. And he laughed at me and he said, you know what? Here's the news. We had people do well and do poorly in every group, including the high glycemic group. There were people who could even handle that. Now, will they be handling it that well in 20 years is a different story, but it is that individual. And And I I think that the more of us can be out there flying that banner that says, I'm begging you, like we know that. And the people who the problem is that the people who are advocating, whether it's carnivore or keto or paleo or whatever, they're so compelling. They are the banner child for that diet. And so someone who's looking for answers is like, I want to be that person. So then you hear about the people that succeeded. But what you don't see is the litter of the trail of bodies behind them. It's unbelievable. It's, it's like, okay, so this year we've seen people say that, uh, you shouldn't eat vegetables. We've seen people say you should never eat red meat. We've seen people say that, uh, fat is the worst thing you could ever be consuming. So you should go no fat. We've seen people say low carb is the answer, but the the truth is it's, it's whatever works for you. The the best diet is the one that works for you that you can stick to and that you feel great on. So you kind of got to play with it, or maybe we should look at your genetics, right? We we should should actually, okay, let's take a targeted approach. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable the direction that all that's going. So you see these people that are really pushing for a carnivore style of eating, or these people that are saying, oh, you shouldn't eat meat because there's IGF one. And it's like, what there's IGF one. You mean there's a protein (laughs) down into its amino acid components. And then your body's just going to use those amino acids as it needs to, because it's not actually going to translate to IGF one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that's, and, and that, that's just an example of somebody who opens up a biochemistry book and looks at it and says, Oh, here's, one uh, point. here's elect- electron transport chain. And I'm going to perseverate on this one point for a while and we'll see how that goes. For um, sure. But yeah, it's, it's well, so there, there's so many viewpoints out there. For sure. Well, and qualifying something is bad, right? mTOR is bad. Okay. Right. You know, at some point you kind of need mTOR a little bit. Like you don't want to squish it. You're just like, you need inflammation a little bit. Like 
I think of longevity as no different than bodybuilding in a lot of ways. So we think about body, there's a reason why they are able to achieve perfect physique, right? They cycle, right? Mm -hmm. You should never be on antioxidant forever. You should be cycling antioxidants. You should never be on something to boost mTOR. You should never be going super, super high protein forever, right? You should, you should never be going that direction. You should never be overwhelming your body with growth hormones such that you're super physiologic and IGF one for extended periods of time. You could argue yeah. that you should usually never do that. But all that said, you, you got to cycle it. There's a reason mm-hmm. why bodybuilders achieve perfect physique. And I, I, don't, I don't think of longevity as anything different, right? You yeah. need to cycle through this stuff. You need to figure out what's the best time to take this stuff. When should you be doing it? And you need to have someone in your corner that helps you make that happen. Absolutely. And, you know, even the bodybuilders, when they cycle off, if they're not doing things right, they're pretty disastrous in between oh, the perfect physique times. Body, <laughs> I, mean, I work with a lot of bodybuilders and it's, uh, we see some, some scary things in labs sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. It, it's, it's absolutely stuff that, you know, really got to address some things and body. So I, I use that as an extreme example. It's for so, sure they're looking to achieve perfect physique and they're sacrificing their own labs in a lot of cases because of it. But the fact of the matter is longevity shouldn't be any different is that, yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're pushing on these different components of biochemistry so that you can live the longest, healthiest, happiest life. Folks, just a quick minute to thank our sponsor this episode, Drink HRW, who make rejuvenation molecular hydrogen tablets. They deliver 10 parts per million of hydrogen in 500 milliliters of water directly to your cells. This is the highest concentration of hydrogen of any other brand. I personally choose this product for a number of reasons, but the first is that this company actually invests in research. To date, they've invested in 13 human clinical trials with more to come. So why is hydrogen important in the first place? Well, the list of benefits of molecular hydrogen includes enhanced alertness, reduction in liver fat, improved aerobic fitness, improved muscle recovery. And there was also a study on metabolic health in humans that showed that drink HRW tablets improved 18 of 20 metabolic markers. I use molecular hydrogen first thing in the morning, and I will often use it mid-afternoon if I need a bit of a pick-me-up. So if you'd like to try molecular hydrogen rejuvenation tablets for yourself, just go to drinkhrw.com forward slash superhuman and use discount code longevity to save 15% off your purchase. And now let's get back to the episode. So did you have any other case studies you wanted to share with us today? I do. Anything else in the case study pickle trunk? Yeah. (laughs) So I, I mean, on many things. So, so I, you know, th- there's another guy that came in. I do a lot of reviews for True Diagnostic and the yeah. True Age test. So I see a lot of those tests coming through. And there's one guy that came in, I did a consultation with him and he was three years uh, older than his um, by chronological age yeah. on, his, in, on his intrinsic age. His intrinsic age is uh, the best way to think about it is you're, you know, replicating cells over time. How effectively are you replicating them? Very similar to the concept, I think, in David Sinclair's book where he talks about burning CDs and you lose audio quality. Well, that's mm-hmm. the, you know, that's, that's, that loss of audio quality is the same as hyper or hypomethylation, right? To where, to the point where you're not expressing your DNA effectively. So that intrinsic age is really, you got to hone in on that and say, all right, well, how effectively you're replicating cells. So this guy was, uh, I, th- I think, if I remember correctly, he was three years older than he was uh, chronologically and his biological age. And came in, started working with us. Very knowledgeable guy. He's an oncologist. Oh, wow. 
very knowledgeable guy. And really, he just, again, he, he needed somebody to put the puzzle together for him. Felt like he was working with puzzles from 10 different places. And mm-hmm. okay, how do, I, how do I put this one puzzle together with these different pieces? And he was on, he was using Crestor from his uh, primary care doctor, which there are indications to use Crestor. You know, it, there, there are great sure. to use statin drugs. Um, but he was in combination with that, he was also using metformin. And mm-hmm. in combination with that, he was also interested in starting rapamycin. So then he's using all these things that are extremely mitochondrial toxic, but he's not giving any of that back. So that's a perfect example of, okay, urolithin A is probably a really good option for you. Yeah. You know, some granite extract and, and CoQ10, let's really work on mitochondrial health. Uh, and that may, may be a reason why you're not scoring as effectively as you could be on this intrinsic age test. The other side of it is he was on uh, testosterone, but was on a fairly high dose of it with a fairly high, fairly high dose of an astrozole. And even with that, he still had very high levels of estrone, which in a lot of ways, you know, that's not good. So clearly the, so the anastrozole was blunting his uh, estradiol numbers and leaving him with excess estrone. So in that case, you know, he's working with one of our doctors and a doctor says, well, you probably need some dim, probably need to reduce your dose of testosterone, take you off of the anastrozole altogether and let everything come over. And certainly when you do that, people end up converting a little extra uh, estrogen until they get to the point where, okay, they're, they're converting estrogens effectively. So they go through a period of, Hey, maybe you're crying at commercials on TV for a little while or you <laughs> a little bit of nipple tenderness, but that's, that's perfectly normal. If it's temporary, a, it dissipates, <laughs> right? So when somebody wins gold in the Olympics, you know, you may be bawling a little bit uh, just for a moment, but <laughs> um, it's uh, very emotional when somebody wins gold. Um, and right, I, it can be, may or may not be speaking. Legit. From, I cry um, sometimes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing so, wrong with crying. Right. Right. So, uh, but you know, and working through all these things and making sure his supplements were right and, and making sure his hormones were right and providing that his, his IGF one was around 120. So Ooh. got him on a, just a, low, a little low, right? So yeah, uh, low. <laughs> a low dose of CJC and epimoralin as, as a really effective way to, hey, you know, bottom of the barrel, let's see how it goes. It's probably going to give him a little bump, but also getting his testosterone right will also help there. So then also found out, oh, he has a history of Hashimoto's thyroiditis. He's an oncologist. He's, he's never had those, those, that workup done before, which I found mind blowing. So all of a sudden now he needs some low dose naltrexone to work on tumor necrosis factor, tumor necrosis factor alpha, interleukin six, and work on the autoimmune response. Then all of a sudden now his whole program is coming together, right? Everything, you know, we're landing on something where you're on five milligrams of rapamycin a week, you're cycling metformin 90 days on in a few weeks off, you are staying on, you know, dropping your Crestor down a little bit and optimizing your hormones overall. Eight months later, we saw that his uh, intrinsic age was now two years younger. So a difference of five years. It, that's over the amazing. Five, which is amazing, right? So well, in eight months, that's in, in huge. Months, it's huge. Well, it, it is important to note that it, people like that, that you see those swings there, it, 60% of that metric in what you see there is unchanged, or excuse me, is changeable. 40% mm-hmm. is unchangeable. Mm-hmm. So likelihood is that it, uh, the fact that he had such a rapid change was that he probably has really good genetics, right? Yeah. 40% of that is thanks mom and dad, right? You're, you're just, it is what it is. But that 60% that's changeable means that what he was doing in his protocol was not voting well for him. 
Um, he also saw a reduction in Dunedin Poem instantaneous rate of aging, which is your, you know, your instantaneous standpoint. How are you aging right now? When he did it initially, he was at a 0.9 something, and now he's at a 0.84, I think is the number there. So we saw a reduction there, and that's really amenable to effective fasting protocols, making mm-hmm. sure you're fasting effectively. Yeah. Anyway, that uh, there's, there's another case study. <laughs> well, you know, and so there's a lot of takeaways from that, right? In that, you know, here's a person who on paper was doing a lot of things right, and right. who wanted to add the rapamycin and frankly, who's a pretty knowledgeable, you would think is a pretty knowledgeable dude when it comes to the body, but, oh, absolutely. but, but number one, it's, you need even, and, and I see this a lot. Like I sometimes will have a physician who's a client and what they lack is the distance, right? What they lack is that perspective to step back to, you know, he's probably been given because you know, doctors by definition, I don't think can prescribe stuff for themselves. There's something in a, in a code somewhere. Yeah. Ish. I know, but still technically. Um, but even if they're not like they've got their buddy who's giving them the statin and they've got somebody else giving them the metformin. And, and, you know, I recently came across a, um, some, a doctor who put someone on a statin and said, absolutely no to CoQ10. And I was like, well, I don't understand why. No, (laughs) just help me understand. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I, I can kind of get my head around that, but all these, these doctors, they're, they're, they're incredible specialists in their field, but that means that sometimes they become a little blind outside of that field. And so even these guys who we look to, to you know, an oncologist is saving a lot of people's lives every single day needs outside help for himself. Right. Coaches need coaches, right? Yeah. I'm sure you, you don't try to manage your own care. Trainers need trainers. Coaches need coaches. Doctors need doctors. You can be amazing at what you're doing, but you still need someone in your corner, right? Yeah. It, it's even, even the best. I work with some amazing bodybuilders. They don't, they, and they have their own clients, right? They don't try to build their own bodybuilding programs on their own. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Right? They're still using someone else. So you still need someone else in your corner. You absolutely do. And you need somebody that can centralize everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, and I love how with that perspective, you didn't, you didn't wipe the slate clean of everything it was doing. You just put it all into context with each other. And it's, it's really about putting together the pieces of the puzzle and having that centralization. The other thing that I think you guys do, that's really interesting, quite apart from using really cool tests, like the true diagnostic and, and, you know, the appear on genetics. I mean, you may use other genetic tests. I have found, honestly, I've gone, I'm a grass is always greener on the other side person. And ever since I became certified by Aperion, I've looked at lots of other genetic tests. I haven't quite found one yet that, <laughs> that gives me the information they give me in the way they give it that I think is really easy for people to understand. But aside from that. Sounds like you should develop it. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I, you know, I think, <laughs> I think you, you got to stick to your lane sometimes. <laughs> Are you developing your own? No, that's, nope. that's, that's outside my lane. I agree with you. Yeah, Stay in you your got, lane. <laughs> I mean, and, the, and that's the, that's the point here, right? You have your lane, know what you do, and then go get help with other people. And I think it's the, the power of something like live health is really bringing together all of these different people that have different areas of expertise, but you know, almost like, and there's another physician I've interviewed who will, they talk about whiteboarding a client where they get a team together and they put everything down on a board when they're looking at a new patient to say, okay, what are all the different pieces here? So that you don't miss a piece. 
that could right. be playing a huge role in this person's outcome. So, interesting. so that's very interesting to similar to what we do different, but similar where if, as a, when, when a client onboards with us, a patient onboards with us, they meet with their health concierge first to start. And that's a, that's the intake call. Hey, tell me all about you. What are you interested in? I want to know everything there is to know. It's an hour long call where it's really just first date kind of deal. Right. Mm -hmm. you, and I, I tell people all the time, tell me a story. Just tell me about yeah. you. Take five, six minutes, whatever it is. They usually end up talking for about 20 yeah. and I'm just sitting there taking really aggressive notes. Mm -hmm. And, and after the fact, I, I compile all those notes and that lives in the patient's chart that that hour long conversation. So that anybody that talks to that patient knows what in the world's going on with them. Right. Yeah. And, and there's that full audit. And a lot of times you don't get that right. When, when physicians are writing notes, they're in a hurry. So oftentimes what kind of notes are they writing right there? They're saying, you know, patient is a 75 year old female presenting today for evaluation status post ischemic stroke. Yeah. And then it's like patient having trouble with basic, you know, activities of daily living. Yeah. Can't put clothes in the closet, but what, 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 that's not, that's not personalized, right? Mm -hmm. You don't know anything about the person. You don't know that she is married and her, her husband takes care of her. You don't know about her diet. You don't know about her fitness program. You don't know about all that stuff. And doctors, oftentimes they just don't have enough time to do that. So yeah. after we go through that whole call and we order labs and we customize labs to the patient and ensure that it's a, Hey, what, what labs do you need overall here? What's going to be the best route forward? Certainly we have some things that are like, Hey, this is our just basic male and basic female panel. This mm -hmm. is what you need from the door. But oftentimes it's, that's not enough. Right. Yeah. And you need, you need someone to listen to you and say, okay, what really, where should we be going here? What kind of advanced metrics might be necessary here? And then after that, you meet with the doctor. It's a 45 minute hour long call. First time with that doctor going through and you establish a program and you get your questions answered. And then after every physician appointment, you follow up with your health concierge again to say, okay, let's put this whole program into action. Let's, let's chat. Let's see exactly where do you have questions? Where are their holes? How can I help? And let's see about sourcing all of these products for you. And where should you get them from? What kind of lifestyle metrics should we be adjusting? Let's talk about diet. Let's talk about sleep. Um, let's talk about fitness, right? And then in, integrate, integrate all of these things into an overall protocol. that's just your living, breathing protocol for yourself. Yeah. And from there, it's really, you follow up with your team as you need. A lot of people are like, well, how often do I follow up with my doctor? Well, how often do you need to follow up with your doctor? Right? Yeah. How often do you follow up with your concierge? When do you need to follow up with your concierge? We'll build that program for you, which is really unique. So the, the concept of whiteboarding is, is I, I love that. And just in a term of like, Hey, centralizing everyone's care to one place so that everybody is a part of that program. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan. All right. I think we have time for one more case study. And then, I mean, to me, case studies are kind of like story time. I'm, I'm all over it. <laughs> so I, I had another guy, um, another guy who is, so type two diabetes is a really interesting thing, right? Where you have some people where it's absolutely from lifestyle that they've developed type two diabetes and yeah. other people who seemingly they're, you know, they're a very healthy person you look at their diet, you look at what's going on with them. It's like, why do you, why do you have type two? What is going on? Yeah. Right. So I had one guy come in, I think he's around 5'11, maybe 205 uh, with uh, an A1C of, I think it was in the mid sixes. And he'd been meeting with his own primary care doctor. They said, ah, you know, you're type two diabetes. Um, and a year before that he'd been working on his own to get his, get it down. I think it was in the sevens prior to that. And he said, you know, my doctor, they, they're just not giving me the, the, the care that I need to address this issue and what's going on. Um, he had, a, he had a little bit of weight to lose, but nothing crazy. Yeah, and the top. In, talking, in, in talking with him, he grows all of his own food. 
He has meat rabbits and chickens and all free range stuff. He eats only grass fed meat. He has, he counts his fiber on a daily basis, really goes through, it looks at everything in great detail in terms of his diet. He's regimented. He works out pretty much daily. And it's like, why, why does this guy have type two diabetes? And you look at it a little bit more, his C-reactive protein was 11. His, which is, I mean, 11, which you a look lot. at. It's and, double digits. Right. <laughs> in, in, in standard medical practice, the C-reactive protein, typically they'll look at it on a scale from one to five or one mm -hmm. to 10, anything under five or 10 is normal, but really anything under one is, is optimal. So yeah. our goal is, Hey, let's get that down. Um, and then looking at his lipids, he had tons and tons of small, small particles, um, it, it was very clear that he was not getting enough fiber in his diet. It was very clear that he needed some form of pharmaceutical to help him. So he was started on a course of berberine as well as metformin. Um, I think down the line, we're going to consider semaglutide if we haven't really started making some progress there, but generally in, in starting on those two products, in addition to taking another look at his diet and starting him on some dedicated fasting programs and protocols, mm -hmm. um, working on a, you know, sticking to an eight hour eating window on a daily basis, throwing in a once weekly 24 hour fast and a once quarterly, uh, three day water fast. Yeah. Then additionally working on his hormone levels. So this guy's, if I remember correctly, he's either in his late forties or early fifties, but, um, he's had no testosterone. Absolutely no testosterone. So then you look at that and you start wondering, well, guys get all of their estrogen from testosterone. Estrogen is so important for insulin sensitivity. It's yeah. also so important for cardio protection, so important for neuroprotection. And it's really important for erectile function, really important for libido. Guess what? He had none of, he had a poor erectile quality and poor libido. So our, you know, we start at that point. So he was working with Dr. Michael Meehan. Um, who is one of our doctors there uh, at, at Live Health. And uh, Dr. Mian put him on this really extensive protocol of different supplements, different uh, meds, and included in that were the testosterone. And he also found out, oh, guess what else he has? He has Hashimoto's too. Wow. Uh, so, and you start wondering, well, all this stuff plays a role. So cut out gluten, made him mm -hmm. go gluten-free, like, right? Everyone thinks, well, Hashimoto's this underlying autoimmune condition. Well, guess what one of the, the causes of it is? Uh, gluten intolerance. Um, so he cut out gluten, he uh, worked on the berberine, the metformin, started some citrus bergamot, started uh, high dose magnesium, and as well as the testosterone. Uh, some consideration for some growth hormone secretagogues, but he decided to hold off there because yeah. his one wasn't quite, quite where it needed to be. But he, he decided to hold off. He's been working with us for close to a year now. And among lifestyle changes, among everything that we've done for him, we've seen his A1C is now in the fives, uh, wow. high fives five, six or five, seven, which is great at one point reduction over the course of less than a year. And then additionally, his C-reactive protein is under one. Wow. So, so that's huge. I mean, that's huge. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's just, again, he, it, it's, it's the circumstances of these people who come to us and they're, they have an idea of what they need to be doing. It's just, it's just, how do I take it that step further? How do I really put this all together? What, how do I put the puzzle together myself? Yeah. Um, well, and we'll help you do that. Yeah. Well, and I think what's interesting in a case like that is on paper at first blush, this person's doing a lot right. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of easy to kind of go, okay, well, I guess you just need the drugs. There's always more. And, you know, that 24 hour, once a week fast, I have seen work miracles for people. Like it right. is, right. It, it's, I had one guy once he started fasting from dinner on Sunday till dinner on Monday. And, you know, we did a few lifestyle things here and there and the other, but 
all of a sudden the central adiposity decreased, the blood sugar normalized, the, the blood lipids started to normalize. He clearly wasn't too far gone already. Like he was kind of probably on the cusp of a bunch of stuff, but it was amazing how just that one intervention just literally changed his life. It's uh, a lot of people are like, Oh my God, fasting. I could never do it. It's like, it's just dinner to dinner. It's just dinner to dinner. That's it. It's just, you just don't eat for a little while. It's all good. Just don't <laughs> yeah. eat. It's just like, and one of the problems is most people are just uncomfortable being hungry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a, you really need to, okay. How be okay with being hungry for a little while. You'll be fine. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do think a piece of the puzzle there though, is helping them to normalize, you know, to get off the high glycemic diet first. And once you help them to, you know, steady the boat as it were, so that they're not riding this ridiculous roller coaster all day, every day, uh, not eating for a few hours starts to become a lot less scary and, and actually achievable without, you know, hurting someone who they love dearly (laughs) by accident. (laughs) <laughs> how hungry can you get right yeah how- <laughs> yeah, yeah are you because if, if you're hangry we're gonna have to take care of that so all right mr andrew i feel like we could be doing case studies all day every day i i'm hopefully everybody's got a reasonable idea of um what live health has to offer so why don't we um i mean unless there's something else you want to talk about that we've left off the table is there anything else you really wanted to share with our listeners no, I think it's, uh, if you're interested, reach out. If you, if you want to chat about what we do and, and how we operate, it's, uh, it's as easy as getting on a phone call. Yeah. And so to get on that phone call, you go to livehealth.com and live has no E. So livhealth.com. Is that right? L-I-V-H-A-L-T-H.com. Not .org. .org is a different telemedicine company. I think they specialize in psychiatry. Um, so livehealth.com, not livehealth.org. Right. Uh, if you call them, they'll be a little bit confused. Um, yeah. Well, at this point, at this point, they're probably, you know, <laughs> cluing in going, well, I don't know, maybe we could do something like that. <laughs> right. Right. So, so livehealth.com, you can go in and, and view our uh, programs, pricing stuff. But ultimately, one great option is to just schedule a call. Uh, get on a call with us and, and just see if this is a good option. I think that uh, through this podcast, Natalie has a uh, one month free coupon. I think the code to get that is her last name, Nidam, N-I-D-D-A-M. So as I mentioned, at, at baseline, one is $150 a month, one is $250 a month. Um, and it, again, it's billed out quarterly. So you're billed out for three months at a time. And you can either do that or you can buy an annual membership. And if you buy an annual membership, you get two months for free. Now, all that said... In our core membership, that's the $150 offering. Actually, I want to backtrack. I want to start with a complete membership. So our complete membership is $250 a month, and that is full concierge access. You get unlimited access to your doctor. You get unlimited access to your concierge. You get unlimited access to your patient support coordinator, and we can send you prescriptions. We can send you supplements. We can draw labs anytime you want, and it truly is a full concierge offering. Now, that model, again, is $250 a month, build out quarterly, so $750 a quarter. Now, the 150 program, the lesser program, which is the core program, really is what what it is, is it's a health coaching program in and of itself, where you really only have a relationship with your health concierge. Now, it's still the exact same onboarding. We're still going to get initial labs. We're still going to have you meet with the doctor. 
we're still going to have that initial consultation and that initial conversation there where we say, you know, this is what's recommended. So then you have an idea if you wanted to become a complete member, great, here's, here's what it would entail. But the fact of the matter is in the core membership, the doctor is not a part of your plan ongoing. So what does that mean? So if the doctor is not part of your program ongoing, you cannot get repeat labs. You cannot get repeat physician consults. You cannot get prescriptions. So in the core membership, you get access to your concierge on a monthly basis. You can have monthly contact there. You can message us as much as you want. We can get into it from a standpoint of diet. We can get into it from supplements. We can get into it for fitness and really just any lifestyle interventions that you want to make. How can we work on sleep hygiene, right? How can we work on just baseline? How can I be a healthier person off of an initial panel of labs? So 150 a month, no doctor, 250 a month, doctor and full suite of options. Amazing. Okay. Well, that clarifies things. Thank you so much. And yeah. let's, let's leave it with that. And then let's let people know there's uh, it's livehealth.com. We're talking to Andrew Wax, who is one of the brilliant health concierge at livehealth.com. And if you guys use the discount code NIDM, then you're going to get your first month free of whatever program it is that you sign up for. Yes, that's right. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. A pleasure. And I hope we get to do this again real soon. Thanks again for having me. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.